Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 308 and 32. Mark, about 52 minutes left to go today before I hand it over to Sports Talk. Had a pretty interesting couple conversations today. Dr. Roy Salgado talked to us about how to protect your mental health from the harm that could come from consuming too much bad news, too many graphic images, too many graphic videos. Last hour, we spoke to Professor Philip Napoli about media literacy and disinformation on social media, social media regulation. Looks like social media companies might be about to have their tobacco moment. They're all being sued. Where is that story? Yeah. Reading now from ABCnews.com, federal and state lawsuits allege that Meta knowingly designed and deployed harmful features on Instagram and Facebook. This parallels other lawsuits that allege Meta knowingly designed and deployed harmful features that purposefully addict children and teens. It also states... Meta routinely collects data on children under 13 without informing parents or obtaining parental consent. Gross. Uh, Monday on the show, I'm really excited about this. We're going to speak to Matthew in Ukraine. I finally got in touch with him. Uh, We've been uh, talking over email because he lost his phone in a trench. Like a trench, like a World War I style trench where he was hiding, I I can only assume, from artillery and gunfire, and his phone fell out of his pocket. I don't know. But he's making his way to a secure line on Monday, and he's going to give us a call at 120. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty excited about this topic. I don't know if you will be. I'm going to speak to uh, a woman named Danielle Allen, who is a uh, sort of chief architect of a movement called Uncap the House. Uncap the House suggests that in order to make our Congress work better, we actually need to make it bigger. Much, much bigger. Uncap the House calls for adding more than a thousand representatives to the lower chamber of Congress. That sounds like a really unpopular idea, and I'm sure everybody understands why. We don't like our Congress people very much. Congress gets poor marks from Americans left, right, and center. But maybe, just maybe, they could do better if there were many, many more of them. And they could spend more time focusing on the needs of their constituents 
a smaller amount of constituents than they have now. Right now, I think just about every congressperson gets, I don't know, 750,000 people in their district, something like that. What if that number was literally 90% smaller? And every representative in Congress represented 80,000 people. Would they be more responsive? Would they rely less on outside money or super PAC money or corporate contributions, money from lobbyists, that sort of thing? Danielle Allen has some other ideas, including term limits for Supreme Court justices, gerrymandering reform. Uh, we're going to have a conversation at 2 o'clock on Monday that's going to look into how to make our government work better. Uh, some of these ideas are going to be you know, low-hanging fruit, and some of them might seem a little bit more like a pipe dream, but that's going to be a super, super interesting conversation. Also on Monday, I'm going to talk to a historian named Kelly Shannon about Iran. Uh, this is a topic I had originally scheduled for today. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little bit wonky, uh, if you'll forgive I wanted to do a little bit more research over the weekend and kind of cross some T's and dot some lowercase I's uh, on my own part so that I'm, I'm better informed to have this conversation with uh, Ms. Shannon. We're going to take a good long look at the history of Iran in the 20th century and how foreign influence from not just America, but also from the United Kingdom and from Russia changed the course of history in Iran and how it led to a series of revolutions that got us to the point where we are today, where Iran is ruled by a bloodthirsty, authoritarian, oppressive government. Not our friends. And you know what? The Iranian people aren't fans of that regime either. So this is not an Iran apology tour, but I think it should be just be interesting for us to learn a little bit more about how things got to be the way that they are. As promised, I'm going to read you some of the suggestions for <laughs> the name for the passenger rail service that's going up uh, between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, hopefully as soon as 2027. Where's that article? Mm, I don't know. Okay, well, I said all I need to say about it. We're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a train between Baton Rouge and New Orleans as soon as 2027. Uh, I'm just going to start reading off some of these names. Coleman, tell me if you think some of these are winners or losers, okay? Certainly. Well, I mean, not losers. I don't want to make people feel bad, but, you know, let's pick the best ones. Hot Sauce Express. I like hot sauce, but that didn't tickle me. <laughs> Cancer Alley Connection. <laughs> okay, that got a giggle. The Red Stick Express. The Yat Track. That's kind of clever. You know, it's like the Yat Pack, but it's the Yat Track. Uh, the bootlace trace. Hmm. See, now that's, that makes sense because, like, geographically, you know, it's like the bootlace. Yeah. If Louisiana's a boot, then this would be like the bootlace. The Big Easy Express. Uh, some others further on down here. but effective. Well, we want it to be kind of romantic, right? I mean, they all have, like, the, the Pacific Sunshine or the Sunset Limited. Like, they've all got these kind of exotic Romance romantic names. Romance doesn't exist here anymore. Nah, I we know. have to be practical. Love is dead. Uh, Ray the Plumber says the Take It Easy Railway. See, I could get behind that. The Rougarou Limited. The Rougarou Line. The Redneck Rail. <laughs> the Kunas Express. That's the winner. That's. <laughs> now, I really like this one. Tiger Tracks. 
you know what? Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, that's that's what I've, I mean, in particular, I, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the train. Um, I got a text here from somebody that says, imagine jumping on a train in New Orleans and going to Baton Rouge for an LSU game at Tiger Stadium and then jumping back on the train heading back to New Orleans. There's going to be a huge reduction in traffic, parking, and it would be one big party. So you pregame on the train, then you go to Tiger Stadium, do your thing there, shake your group thing, root on the Tigers, go hard. Then you get back on the train and you keep partying until you get back to New Orleans. You don't have to park. You don't have to sit in traffic. You can drink all you want both ways if that's your thing. You know, you can have as much enjoyment as you can possibly stand while you're on the Tiger Tracks train on the way to and from Baton Rouge. This is a winning idea. And I also think LSU has the money to sponsor the train and paint it purple and gold. Hell and yeah, paint tri- it and purple and gold. Tiger stripes all on it. And it, it, instead of the, the, the choo-choo horn, it growls, growl. Wow. It, it, it growls. Are we writing of- these down? These are great ideas. They, on, on the front of the train, it could be like the the, the tiger face. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's got the teeth. He's like baring his teeth. So when the, when the train is... Coming down the track, it looks like it's uh, you know like running after a gazelle or something. Right, I think that might be the winner. I still like the cool ass, but I think that might be the winner. Uh, a couple people are a little more sarcastic. Here's one that says the corruption, <laughs> the corruption connection. Uh, there was one other one up here. Oh, the Rouge Crescent. Now that kind of sticks the target in terms of like, sounds nice, sounds luxurious, sounds romantic. The Rouge Crescent, I like it. Uh, let's take a couple phone calls while we can. Mr. Coleman, it looks like Richard is here. Hello, Richard. You're on the air. Welcome to WWE. Hey, Hi. Living the nightmare. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm disappointed at um, the way the folks voted, um, you know, and not not voted, you know, in our um, recent election. And that yeah, turnout. Landry. Very bad by any measure I, it, whether or not jeff landry was your candidate everybody did a really poor job of of getting out the vote and we must do better yeah. go ahead man yeah um but at the same token misinformation and disinformation people are flocking and using it as a weapon as well as a profit yeah and you have one political party that's supposed to be for all the people, not just their constituents, not just Republican, not just Democrats, but for everybody in their uh, 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 jurisdiction, is that they choose to be part of the problem instead of the solution because of ideology and because of cultism, you know, and, and also because of monolithism, you know, people being one issue type um, individual. Mm-hmm. And that's creating a problem in our a political atmosphere with our uh, uh, gerrymandering. I, I like what you're saying. This, the conversation will be on Monday. I like all that. And because it's needed. Because the country, people are anti-America. They say they they patriots, but their actions. When you say you're about crime, you for crime. And you got a guy that you supporting, 91 indictment. How is that you supporting crime? How are you against crime? When you got a party... Also, try to defund the FBI and the Justice Department because of the same Agent Orange, Donna Kine, and the Banana Republicans. There it is. Ring the bell. In our democracy, you know, (laughs) and that's where the problem is. Yeah, I hear you. Look, Richard, I I, I take what you're saying about single-issue voting in particular. I think it's okay, and I think it's uh, uh, right and appropriate to be 
really passionate about something, about anything, things that affect you, the things that, are, that you care about, the things that tug your heartstrings. I think when most people think about single-issue voters, I think they're mostly think, uh, well, at least for me, I don't know if everyone experiences this the same way, but I think about like reproductive care. Uh, people who are single-issue voters, I, I think maybe the bulk of them uh, would say that they're they're pro-life, and that is the only factor that they care about when they're choosing their candidate. And I'm not saying that those people are stupid or that that's a bad move or that that's wrong, but you should understand that that, that puts you in a certain sort of danger because if elected representatives and people running for office know that you're a single-issue voter and all that they have to do is offer you lip service in that regard. All they have to say is, yes, I'll protect unborn life. No, I don't have any policy prescription for that, but I'm going to tell you I'm the only person in this race who can do that. Then they have no accountability for anything else. Can they hire the right people? Can they staff their offices with competent public services? Are they responsive to their constituents? Do they take money from super PACs and corporate lobbyists? They can kind of do whatever they want because they have your vote because you've, you've just give, given it away for that one issue. And again, I'm not saying that that, that makes you a bad person or a stupid person. But I do think people should understand single issue voting means that there's a lot of other issues that then you have no influence over. You have no control over what those people might do in the realm of taxes or education or gun control or health care or anything else. Because you just gave them the keys to your car and didn't bother really to ask them where they were going. Thank you so much, Richard. Let's tuck in uh, Chase and Slidell real quick. What's going on, man? It's actually Jay, but that's Oh, sorry. Fine. Oh, it's Jay. I know you. Hi, Jay. Yeah. Are you uh, taking over this time slot? No. Or are you just guessing? No, nah, I'm guessing. Scoots okay. back on Tuesday. Okay. All right. Well, I absolutely agree with you on that. And uh, single-issue voting, especially with the abortion issue, it, it, we, we have let that dominate our political landscape for 50 years now. And I just feel like that it, if you really look at the math on it, abortions are not as common as people seem to think they are. I, I am not for abortion, okay? Mm-hmm. But I personally think that reasonable people need to get together and form a coalition in the middle that settles this issue for a while and puts it to rest for a decade or two so we can get on with the heavy lifting of fixing our economy and our debt crisis. Now, abortions, I think, were around uh, maybe less than a million a year recently. Um, So that's about one in 300 people have an abortion each year in our country. And half of those are during early term with a pill. And I don't think, you know, most reasonable people, uh, if they're going to have abortions and it's done early enough with a pill, that's different than what they term killing a baby right before it comes out the womb, Mm -hmm. which doesn't happen that often either. But the far left and the far right are allowed to make the most noise on this issue. And what happens is it comes with a lot of collateral, collateral repercussions, like you're saying. If you 
vote for somebody that's too far left on with the abortion issue, then you may wind up with the collateral issue of them being too tolerant of something that you don't agree with, like trans rights or whatever. I'm just saying one sure. thing on that. Yeah. But if you if you vote for somebody that's too far right on the issue, then you know you you take the the, the risk of them being wanting to to restrict the gains that same sex couples have made over the last you know 30 40 years. Yeah. So people really need to get their head in the game and take their heart out of it and start voting logically and not passionately because whenever you do something passionately you wind up doing things that don't always make sense. Yeah. In the long run. You got it. So I do agree with you on that. Cool. Thank you for the time. No, thank you, Jay. Nice speaking with you. I, I Something that you said back there uh, resonated with me in particular. You know, said uh, there should be a there should be a compromise uh, on abortion rights and reproductive care. It's people, uh, moderates, centrists in the middle, people who are thinking logically about this and understand what it could mean if abortion is out of reach 100% of the time, we have seen these horror stories from Louisiana and elsewhere. Uh, a 10-year-old girl is raped and has to escape to another state with, before she has to bring that pregnancy to bear. Or the woman here in New Orleans whose who's baby, her, her very much wanted baby, these people are really trying to get pregnant and build out their family, is going to be born without a skull? And we're going to force that woman to bring that pregnancy to term? We do need a compromise on abortion care. And you know what? Roe versus Wade was it. We had this conversation. We did all this 50 years ago. And I know it's a little different because it was a Supreme Court decision and not a piece of legislation. But. The Supreme Court ended up having to make that decision because the legislature could not. It's too difficult. It's too thorny. But the end result was we had a compromise solution. It was Roe versus Wade. And now that that's gone, you're seeing some states that have even more permissive abortion care policies than they did before Roe versus Wade fell. You have other states that are saying, We'll have no abortion for anybody ever, anytime, and if you have one, we're going to throw you in jail. Yes, I'm sorry that your sixth grader was raped and is pregnant, but, you know, too bad. Welcome your new grandchild. That's not—I don't want to live in that society, man. Anyway, thank you very much for your comments. Uh, look, I didn't mean to get off on abortion care today, but that's just the nature of the beast. Hey, look, uh, everyone thinks— uh, you know, probably rightly so, that because it's Louisiana and we get to things late and over budget, maybe the, uh, the, the, the railroad, the tiger tracks, the corruption connection, whatever you want to call it, might not be done quite in time for 2027. But there is one way that we can be certain and we can get a final answer on this. Ask the eight ball. Magic eight ball. Will the Louisiana, Baton Rouge, New Orleans connection be done in time for 2027? It is certain. Yes. Fantastic. Let's step away and get a look at traffic with Dave Brandon. We're going to come back with Sydney Smith, who is the owner of Haunted History Tours. Hurricane season might be over, but ghost season 
is just hitting its peak. It's Halloween, so we're going to spend the rest of today having a little bit of fun, talking about some spooky stuff. I'm Ian Hoken for Scoot on WWL. I'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Hey, you know who LSU is playing on Saturday? Nobody. It's a bye week. They're going to stay home and play Mario Kart. But instead, WWL is going to bring you a special edition of Sports Talk with Bobby Hebert and Mike Dettelier. You can join those two Cajuns live from Rouse's Market uptown on Chapatulas this Saturday from 1 to 4. They're going to talk LSU and college football and preview Saints versus Colts. That is, of course, Sunday at noon. And other top NFL matchups, the ticket to a great Halloween party is treats at Rouse's Markets. Make groceries and hang out with Bobby and Mike at Rouse's on Chapatulas Saturday from 1 to 4. That's going to be on WWL and the free Odyssey up. Yeah, Mick, get over to the Rouse's on Chapatulas. Uh, you know, you're going to get your, uh, what you got, Halloween candy, your uh, bottle caps, maybe some Twix bars, circus peanuts. People don't actually eat those, do they? Are people giving away circus peanuts at Halloween? I forgot what circus peanuts look like. Oh, they're terrible. Joining us on the line right now is Sydney Smith. Sydney Smith is the owner of Haunted History Tours and an amazing rock photographer. Sydney, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Ian. Thank you very much. Nice speaking with you. Oh, my God, I totally forgot. Okay, Sydney, hang tight, because I did something yeah. kind of stupid uh, when I was, I was setting up this conversation, and part of the, the promotional copy that I wrote here says hurricane season might be almost over but ghost season is just hitting its peak but i think yeah you actually said that already (laughs) yeah i know but i think that i said hurricane season is over and it's not and my friend steve on the oakland art jewelers talking text line says man you're gonna jinx us you better throw some salt over your shoulder well it just so (laughs) happens that behind me on the windowsill here is a is a little canister of new salt like NU salt, it's a salt substitute. Sodium-free mm-hmm. salt says use it just like salt on all your favorite free foods. I don't know what this is doing in here or to whom it belongs, but it's the closest thing I got. So I'm going to just put some of this in my hand and whew, toss it over my shoulder. Okay, good. I think we're safe. Yeah, you're good. Thanks for bearing now with me, man. Okay, um, let's talk about ghosts in just a second. But I also am so uh, impressed with how many incredible photographs you have taken of such important and iconic uh, people from the world of rock and roll over the years. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, that's a whole other conversation. You I know. Me on a, 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 for a full hour on that one. Uh, well, I mean, I've worked with everybody from members of the Beatles to the Stones to Zeppelin to, you know, ZZ Top, Dr. John, uh, Rod Stewart, Bruce Springsteen, all the classic guys. Um, that's what I – in fact, if you've ever seen the movie Almost Famous, which is probably about a 25-year-old movie now, but yeah. anybody who's ever seen the movie Almost Famous – that really was my story. I mean, I, I started out as a kid. I mean, I was 15, 16-year-old rock and roll photographer here in New Orleans, working with the Warehouse, which was the music club of the time. Yeah. And actually, the Warehouse was pretty much the Fillmore East of the South. Uh, we had everybody from Bob Dylan to, to you know, the Allman Brothers Band. I mean, everybody who was anybody played the Warehouse. And uh, it was, and that's where I basically got my start. And then I uh, branched out and Started working with musicians around the country, did album covers, did, uh, you know, worked with the different, worked with the Who, worked with uh, Paul McCartney. Worked, in fact, Paul McCartney was my major claim to fame. He, he recorded uh, the album Venus and Mars here in 1975, and I was picked as his personal photographer during his stay here in New Orleans. But, you know, I mean, I've, I've worked with everybody, and I, you know, my home is kind of like a, a museum of, of photos of, of just about everybody under the sun. I have been in your home, and it, yes, it's, it's just wall-to-wall photos of intimate and interesting and aesthetically very pleasing photographs of all these, uh, these big rock and roll VIPs. And I know you published a book, uh, I think, just last year or the year before that, Sydney. How can people pick up that book if they want to see well, the photos? Well, that, that book is actually a book about the Allman Brothers Band. And, oh, sorry. And the, Allman Brothers, the Allman Brothers Band, in my opinion, was the best band to ever come out of America. Hell yeah. And it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate that um, I haven't sold too many copies to anybody under the age of 50 <laughs> because – you know, the Allman Brothers just meant a lot to a lot of people, but that generation is unfortunately dying off. And they were just an incredible, incredible uh, group of musicians. And I published a 256-page coffee table, hardcover coffee table photo book on the Allman Brothers Band. Right. Uh, it can be accessed uh, through my website, um, Allman Brothers Book by Sydney Smith dot com. Sydney is spelled S I D N E Y. But Allman Brothers Book by Sydney Smith dot com. And the book is incredibly intimate. It, it in the studio, off the studio, uh, on stage, off stage, the weddings, the funerals, the the picnics, the the in, in at home with the kids. It, you know, it it's, it goes on and on. It basically covers the Allman Brothers from the very beginning in 1970 all through 2019. So it's uh, an amazing book, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos of the Allman Brothers Band during their day and beyond. Um, but that's, you know, like I say, that might be a story for another day. <laughs> so turns out that I, I invited you to talk about this other interesting part of your work and we kind of chewed up most of this segment, man. Can you stick around another couple minutes? Absolutely. Sure. Okay, yeah. Nice. I uh, get a D minus in clock management today. We'll step away. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back with Sydney Smith and we'll talk about some of the most haunted places in New Orleans before the holiday weekend gets kicked off. Uh, Sydney is the owner of Haunted History Tours. It's, it's probably the biggest, most popular, most successful tour company in town. Uh, if you want something fun to do in New Orleans, if you're from here or from the region, man, go take one of those ghost tours. You're going to pass a good time. I'm Ian Hoke. We'll be right back on WWL. 345 here on WWL. My guest is Sydney Smith. Sydney is the owner of Haunted History Tours. 
Sydney, we are a little bit pinched for time here, but let's talk about some ghost stuff, man. What, you're the expert, right? As the owner of Haunted History Tours, and you've interacted a lot with these guys that come in from uh, cable TV shows, and they do the ghost hunting. What are some of the most uh, haunted spots in New Orleans, man? Well, I mean, uh, we work with media all the time, uh, Travel yeah. Channel. Uh, recommends Haunted History Tours as the number one tour company in the city. But you have to understand that why New Orleans is considered to be the most haunted city in the country. We've had a very heavy concentration of death that's taken place in a very small area over a relatively short period of time. We're a city filled with tragic events. Mm -hmm. The earliest French settlers were warned by the Indians not to build a city here. The area was cursed. I mean, we've had to deal with everything from cannibals to yellow fever. The the people who, who populated the area were, you know, had to deal with quicksand alligator snakes the murder rate was high i mean nothing's changed there uh you know we've had two major we had two major catastrophic fires in the in the 1700s that destroyed the city uh we had over 27 yellow fever epidemics in the 1800s and and the thing is violent death and strong emotion contribute to hauntings and ghostly activity and we've had no shortage of it you know a lot of people say rest in peace but what if you can't? And that is the whole reason we have haunted history tours, because people can't rest in peace. I mean, we have the ghost tour, the vampire tour, the voodoo tour, the cemetery tour. We have a true crime tour. We have a movie site tour, pub crawl tour. But we have a whole bunch of different tours, but they're all very popular and most popular this time of year. Uh, we uh, the most you mentioned the most haunted sites. The without a doubt, the Lollerie Mansion, which is a Quite a notable story. It was featured on American Horror Story a few yeah. years back, but they kind of butchered the story up and kind of took quite a bit of uh, creative license yeah, with sure. it. But uh, the La Laurie Mansion on Royal Street is a private home now, but it is without a doubt the most haunted site on the ghost tour. Um, and a quick little uh, amusing story Nicholas Cage used to own that house, actually. He, he owned it for a short period of time, and he lost it to taxes, crazily enough. But while he did own the house, he would go on Letterman and Leno and all that, and, and he would talk about how he owned this very haunted house in New Orleans, but he would never stay there because it was so haunted. And uh, on one night, one of our tour guides was doing the story outside the house, and he told the tour group, he says, well, you know, uh, the ghost rider has yet to spend one night here. And then all, up from the balcony is Nicholas Cage. Uh, I'm here tonight. What? I'm here tonight. Whoa. And uh, the crowd the crowd goes wild. The tour guide is extremely embarrassed. And uh, <laughs> and it, uh, it it was amusing. Wow. But, uh, but we've had crazy stuff like that happen. I mean, the, the tour guides have to deal with an enormous amount of crazy stuff on the street. I mean, it's, you know, make no mistake, it's an acting job. Uh, we are dispensing the city's history, but in a very um, – in a very um, acting, you know, a very uh, sort of way. And uh, the tour, they, a lot of them dress the part. They dress in costumes. And they have to deal with a lot of crazy stuff in the trunks, hurricane victims, panhandlers, hecklers. You know, uh, you know uh, it's all lies. It's all lies. Oh, yeah. you, know, you have to listen to that kind of stuff mm -hmm. all the time. And, and the tour guides are very well read. They're extremely knowledgeable. They know their stuff. And we deliver the city's history along with the hauntings. And it's, you know, we do a good job. You know, it's you hauntedhistorytours.com. That's you how know, you get the tours. I, I have been on a, a not insignificant amount of these ghost tours. And let me tell you, watching your tour guides deal with those hecklers and those distractions and those drunk peoples yeah. is also yeah. a show in and of itself. It's part of the whole tour experience. You know, so yeah, you, yeah, you, you get the history, you get the hauntings, but then you also get, yeah, up yours, pal, or tell it to the judge yeah, or whatever. It, it, it's fun. It, it, 
it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And sometimes, amusingly enough, the, the tourists think that that's all part of the show. It they think not. that's part of the act. Yeah. And that's not part of the act. We've had to deal with everything from, you know, unfortunately angry French Quarter residents who don't feel that the, the tourists should be in their neighborhood to, um, ang- to drunk tourists, to, to hecklers, to panhandlers, to, you know, just whatever. We I had one cute story uh, a few years back. One of our tour guides, um, a young girl named Lucy, I think you may know who she is. Sure. Uh, great shape. She was a wonderful tour guide. Uh, she's not with us anymore. But uh, while she was doing her story, uh, she had stopped at mid-tour bar break, and she was about to uh, tell her tour group, you know, go have a uh, have a drink, you know, come back here in about 10 minutes. We'll continue the tour. And as she was standing there talking to her group, she had her cell phone in her hand, and a kid on a bike rode by, grabbed her phone, and took off down the street with it. She looked at her group and said, excuse me, please. She ran down the street, caught up with the guy, yanked him off his bike, pulled the phone out of his hand, said, don't you ever try that again wow walked back to her group and said now where was i what a <laughs> badass man Lucy she, was, she was yeah <laughs> she was oh man um we should probably stop there sydney I, I i apologize i wanted to hear more about ghost stuff but it's just nice to speak with you man i'm just so interested in your work as a photographer and you have a, a, a you're you're such a success story i mean you, when did you start haunted history tours what was your first year uh night 1995. So we're almost 30 years old now. Uh, haunted history tour. Congratulations. We top, we're absolutely the top uh, haunted history or ghost tour in the city and probably in the country. And I'd like to think we're the top tour company in the city. And according to the Travel Channel, we are hauntedhistorytours.com. Go check That's it out. Go. That's the website. Thank you so much, Sydney. Nice speaking with you. Have a great weekend, man. I hope you guys are printing money over there. Happy Halloween, Ian. Happy Halloween. Take care, brother. Again, that is hauntedhistorytours.com. Five-star endorsement from your friendly uh, local neighborhood uh, radio dude. That's a good company. They do good work, and uh, it's a great way to spend an evening. If you're looking for something to do in New Orleans outside of just go to a bar and have a Sazerac or whatever, uh, you know, take the kids on a tour. You know, uh, take a date. Go have a date on a spooky uh, voodoo tour or what have you there. Uh, we'll get a look at traffic with Dave Brandon, and we'll come back and say goodbye. I'm Ian Hoken for Scoot on WWL. I will remind you, Scoot is coming back on Tuesday. Tomorrow we got a great show lined up. Uh, there is no LSU on Saturday, but we are going to be live from Rouse's on Chapatulis. Bobby and Mike are going to be there from 1 to 4. Swing through there and check that out. And then, of course, Saints at Colts kick off high noon on Sunday. I'm Ian Hoke. I'll be right back. Bye-bye. What a cool show we had today. Thanks to uh, Kevin and Diane and Scoot for allowing me to sit in. Thank you, Coleman, for your work. Nice job. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to have a little more fun. It's Friday, so, you know, no abortion, no war, none of that. A little bit of politics because I can't help it. There's some very interesting things happening in the governor's races in Kentucky and Mississippi. A federal judge ruled today that Georgia has to completely redraw their district maps before the 2024 elections because their current maps dilute the power of black voters. Louisiana might be next. But tomorrow we're going to start out talking to Brian Huber about Oktoberfest, which is happening at the Deutsches House on Bayou St. John this weekend. That's always a good time. We're going to talk to Justin Kennedy, who's the general manager of the Parkway Bakery and Tavern. They're insanely popular Thanksgiving po' boy with turkey and cranberry sauce and gravy. God, it's so good. They've been doing this since 2007, but they're doing something a little different this year that's going to make a big difference. We're going to talk to Justin about 
the special Thanksgiving Po' Boys tomorrow at 2.20. At 2.45, we're going to talk to Chris Hanna, who's the owner and uh, lead bartender at Jewel of the South, which is in the French Quarter there. If you've been listening for a little while, you've heard me talk about uh, the Brandy Crusta, which is kind of my favorite cocktail right now. Well, Chris Hanna and Jewel of the South were just bestowed an enormous honor. We'll talk about that, and we'll uh, get you to know Chris a little bit better. At 3.20, we're going to talk to WWL multimedia journalist Ton Trong about the Rougarou. New Orleans has long been associated with mystery murder in the macabre, but we're going to learn a little bit more about it from Ton Trong tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening, calling, and texting, and being a part of the show. Here comes Sports Talk with Mike Dettelier and Steve Geller. Adios. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.